Hello, and welcome to this very awesome episode of the Underscore NBA News Podcast. I am your host, David Burnauer, and alongside me is a man who just signed another two-way contract. It is your boy, Duncan White. Hello, everybody. Actually, I just fixed a headlight on one of my cars today. So, one of your cars? You yes. have more than one? You also have more than one, David. My family has more than one. I don't own more than one. I don't even own okay, a car, technically. Have, all right. <laughs> one of my family's cars, if you want to put it that way. Was it your mom's car? Uh, the one she drives the most, yes. Ooh, sleazy. All right, anyway, though. <laughs> anyway, you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore NBA news or on Twitter at the underscore NBA news pod. So summer league has started. It's in full swing. We're hitting the playoff mode right now. Yep. And we got some interesting prospects who have shown out in their short time as NBA professionals. Duncan, I know you're very excited about a little man named Chandler Hutchison. <laughs> um, I'm more excited about Wendell Carter Jr. Um, I, I feel like that, w- let's say Wendell Carter Jr. has been one of the people that I've been most impressed with uh, this summer league. Um, it was funny because after his first game, uh, or before his first game, everyone on Instagram and Twitter, it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, I'll give him a chance, but I don't see it. I don't know why the Bulls drafted him. I'm like, clearly people do not watch Duke, so just wait. All I right? don't watch Duke. Yeah, well, I, I watch Duke. So I'm like, just wait. I'm not saying anything. Just wait. Be patient with this man. I mean, because I, I scrutinized Larry Markinen last year, and look what he's turned into. And then... Wendell Carter, I'm just like, just wait. I'm not going to say anything. Just wait. And all of a sudden, after his first game, especially after that big block on Ante Zizic, I was just like, oh my goodness, who did we just draft? This man is a freak. We just drafted a freak. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, he just had to wait, guys. Just wait. So glad to see Carter's got rid of his hate- doubters and haters. So that was good to see. Um,. We'll say another person I'm impressed with is Kevin Knox. He's definitely proved his haters wrong, I'd say. And then one last person, I, well, besides um, uh, the Clippers, like, you know, they're doing pretty good. But, like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is doing pretty good to me. Oh, yeah, he's on the Clippers. This whole time, I for some reason, thought he was on the Hornets because I completely forgot about the, the trade on draft night. Right. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I haven't seen Jerome Robinson do too good yet, but I think Shea has done a good job with his mid-range game. He does not really have a three-point shot right now, but I think he'll eventually get there. But he has he can run a team very well. That's so yeah. Who you got? Um, well, unless it's a player or team that I'm really interested in, it's hard for me to watch summer league games because in summer league, the defensive player of the year is honestly the rim. There are brick shots left and right, but for what I've seen on the Twitterverse, it's like you said, Carter Jr. and Kevin Knox, but I've also seen a lot of uh, DeAnthony Melton with the Houston Rockets. I think he's averaging something like 17-ish points, six rebounds, and like almost three steals a game, I want to say. 
So he's looking like a for sure steal at the 46th pick by the Houston Rockets. He he slipped down because he was the center that pro from the FBI or whatever it was into college basketball and them paying players when they shouldn't have been, right. bribing them to go to whatever school. So yeah. he sat out his sophomore season undeclared for the draft this year. And then I've seen a little bit about Mitchell Robinson, who, for whatever reason I want, I don't remember why, but he uh, didn't end up going to college at Western Kentucky and right. took a year off. And he's with the Knicks, I'm pretty sure. And I hear he's been impressive there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your boy Sfi McKayluck. <laughs> okay. Shout out to everyone who just learned how to pronounce his last name. Um, I... He's. I don't know why he didn't go higher in the draft. He went late second round to the Lakers. I just don't understand why so many players who are good at shooting go so late in the draft. Right. Especially now in today's yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> especially now because that's what the NBA game is. You have a big man in the middle who will catch lobs and play defense, and then everybody else on the court can shoot. Right. And shooting is the most valuable asset other than being a multi-positional player in the NBA these days. Yeah. So I know Lakers fans love him a lot, and I'm sure Kansas fans loved him when he played there. He mm-hmm. played there, I'm pretty sure, four years as a 17 through 21-year-old. I think so, yeah. So he's been impressed with the Lakers, although I have been very impressed with my man Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. He's... Averaging, I think, 14 points, about seven boards, almost three blocks a game as well, which is crazy for a small forward. Oh, absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot of like the hype, I guess, around the Magic is like, oh, look at all these wingspans. Like Isaac does have a very large wingspan, but he's like six foot ten and it's seven foot one, so it's not that much longer than his height. Like that's about average, I would say, in oh, terms yeah. of how much longer your wingspan is than your height for an NBA player. Right. So I think it's crazy what he can do on defense with those with a relatively average wingspan in terms of wingspan to height ratio. Mm-hmm. And then Bamba's been, I mean, he's been okay, I guess. I don't really think he's gotten a real shot at showing how good he can be so far in summer league because for whatever reason he's on this like Joel Embiid type minute restriction he plays like 20 minutes a game and the Magic don't even have a point guard in summer league let alone their actual roster so (laughs) nobody's setting him up like against the Suns he shot the ball four times which is not enough for your sixth overall pick and that's not his fault no that's that's not his fault that's his teammates fault for not getting him the ball right um it's weird though, because like I feel with even with Baba not exactly showing out as much, everyone just still is talking about him. Yeah, and I'm just like, like you can see the potential when he plays, right? But I'm just kind of sitting here like, Wendell Carter Jr. had 11 blocks in four games. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and no one's talking about that. And if you don't watch the Bulls games, like he he's not featured at all. It's just they still run the offense, but they're not like force feeding him. He just gets his points within the flow. And it's impressive to me because he had 19 points last game, nine rebounds against the Mavericks, but they actually got him in the post a little more that game. I was really happy to see because he actually converted very well. But it's also the main point is, like, he doesn't force it 
he doesn't force up his shots. He doesn't look for his shots. He just goes within the flow of the offense and gets his points. But then there's always like ESPN showing out like top five picks so far from the summer league, and Marvin Bagley's injured, and yet he's number two still. And I'm just like, and he shot Card- like. 31% when he was healthy. Like, I don't think he shot that well. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he had like six airball threes. So it's just like, I'm like, please give Wendell some love, please. Like, come on, man. He's been doing a good job. And I was just like, nah, we're going to forget about him. And just look at the other big man. I mean, Aiden's still good, obviously. Jaron Jackson Jr. is impressing with his three-point shot. Yeah. But after Bamba that... and Isaac shot him down against the Magic, though. Yeah. One right. for nine, five points. Right. But Wendell Carter has been so consistent. <laughs> it's like he's averaging, I think, 60 points per game now. I guess averaging. the problem is that he's just consistent. He doesn't really go way above. He doesn't go way below expectations. He's getting 19 points. He's exactly points. as expected. <laughs> and it's, it's summer league, and I don't really think enough people quite care about the bulls yet i would say i'm not saying care about the bulls i'm just saying care about him yeah well no one cares about the grizzlies that much right now they're just like oh jaron jackson jr yeah but he was the fourth overall pick okay there's a big difference between being a top five pick and the seventh pick okay i digress anyway um trey young has been uh as quietly impressive as you can be being trey young i would say Yep, he he lit up the Bulls from what I hear. Yeah, I'm not very too. I'm not very happy. How many he lit threes up the did he have? Seven, seven threes, that seven game. three pointers for 23 points and eight assists, including one three pointer was almost from half court. That, from what I could tell, didn't seem like it was like near the end of the shot clock or a no, quarter. It was. He not. just kind of <laughs> pulled up for three and made it. Yeah. Here's what I'll say, though, about that. Because, like, <laughs> that really impressed me, but I also saw his other games, though, where it's like he well, he couldn't hit a three for his life. So that was his one game, and again, I told you this yesterday. I'm just like, he's going to have that one game, and I just, dear God, please not let it be against the Bulls. It was against the Bulls. <laughs> so we lost that game because of Trey Young. But what I also learned from watching that game about him is that if he is not hitting that three-point shot, he's basically useless. Because if... If he he tried to get to the rim many times that game, he missed all of his layups. He didn't make a single layup that game. And he can't hit a floater right now. He The only reason why he can't even create shots for his other teammates is because the fact that he was hitting the three ball that day. Because we everyone was so concerned about him making that three-point shot, mm-hmm. so they doubled him on the, off the pick and roll, so he just throw it over, and then he gets the assists. But if he's not hitting that three-point shot, he's basically nothing to me and that concerns me so it's a little rude i know but he's like no, he's nothing to you well he he's not care about this young man oh my career. god david but he he can't defend <laughs> very well he when he isn't hitting the three-point shot he always tries to get to the rim but he's not strong enough yet so he can't finish and he missed a wide open layup also so i'm just like okay his success is gonna be off the three ball this season after that he needs he needs to start working on getting stronger so he can actually finish at the rim. So he's a threat there. You know, similar to how Curry got. Like, he, yeah. he's now a better finisher at the rim, so it's not just always three sh- three point shot. Yeah, but I mean, Trey Young's still a rookie. I, I know, I he's know. He's only 19 I'm or 20 saying, years old. He has him, time to develop these uh, skills. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, like, for right now, he needs. He, the only way he's going to be effective is if he's hitting the three that day. Yeah. So, 
I mean, after like one or two seasons, don't go around calling him a bust just because. I didn't. I didn't say bust. I know. I know. I know. know You're not, but just don't go around calling him a bust just because he isn't perfect at everything yet. Oh, I'm not going because being the next Steph Curry is quite the billing to live up to. I I don't think he's going to be next Steph Curry though. You really can't live up to. I don't think he's be close to Steph Curry. But we'll go down if he's not already the greatest shooter of all time. And will eventually go down as one of the greatest point guards of all time. Absolutely, yeah. And a player who's single-handedly revolutionized the way basketball is played, not just in the NBA, but pick up games at your local gym as well. Right. So everyone just darts to the three-point line and misses a three-pointer. Yeah, even, this, even the big, big man. I do it. <laughs> oh, but even, like, the big man, who's just taller than everybody, about, like, six inches, is yeah. just at the three-point line. Yeah, like, like, quick quick story that diverges from summer league. I was playing basketball a few days ago down at my local courts, and there's this guy that shows up. He's, like, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six six. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to dominate. And the first game that we play, he shoots... Like, only three-pointers. And he shoots the ball like Alfred Payton, too, from the side of his head <laughs> and almost behind it as well. I'm like, what are you doing? Get inside, man. You're literally half a foot taller than everybody here. And eventually, the second game, he did do that and scored, like, 10 points. So we were playing the 15th, where, like, 10 of the team's points and just dominated everybody in the paint. I'm like, what are you doing? Just score in the paint. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway... So, Trae Young's been impressive. Uh, Last game, I'd say, was impressive. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton looks like a man amongst boys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is he really 19? <laughs> or he might be 20. Doesn't matter. Whatever he is. Same thing. Is he, he, he really? <laughs> but he's definitely NBA ready. He, like, like right yeah. now, he's going to make an impact right now. Right, right when he steps into his first NBA game, he's going to make an impact immediately. Um, and then other guys, you know, they just have to grow. So, get more their bodies just have to get ready. So, once that happens, then you'll see better uh, stats. But with Aiden, though, he's going to be a force immediately. Yeah. So, he's born ready like Lance Stevenson. Jalen Brunson, we'll say. The Bulls played Mavericks last night. I was impressed by him. Also. And he had, a, he had a couple moments where it looked like he was. I don't want to say James Harden because when I watch James Harden, I get really bored. <laughs> but. He had this. He had a couple moments where he just came off the screen and just kind of did like a little, like hezzy, and then he just pulled up and he drained it, and it was pretty impressive to me. I was actually like shocked to see that. And oh, he, you're just saying that because they're both lefties. Oh my god. <laughs> David hates lefties, by the way. I don't actually hate lefties. This <laughs> but, is a joke. That no, we it, have. It, I was impressed with how he could score, and then which he didn't come in in the fourth quarter for some odd reason, and then uh. He he ran the team very well, so it was. I was impressed by that. I was surprised he won second round. I was really shocked. By I was that. too. I I think in my mock draft I did. I originally had him going like twenty first somewhere around there. <coughs> Whichever pick the Pacers had, they ended up picking Aaron Holiday with that selection. And then draft night I had him going a little lower in the first round, but still in that second round. Like I thought for sure he was going to be a first rounder. Yeah, I even had him like. If, Originally, I thought like maybe the Suns with their mid round pick could potentially pick him because yeah. they need a point guard. Yeah. So, but, in the, but then I saw his draft stock fall a little bit. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's not an equation. And then they ended up trading that 15th pick, or no, the 16th pick 16th, it was, yeah. with a 2021 pick from the Miami Heat for Mikhail Bridges, whose mom was probably very upset when she found <laughs> out. Yeah. 
You know how he's doing? I haven't really seen much of him. He was okay against the Magic when they played them. He wasn't exceeding expectations, wasn't below expectations. All right. Just about as you'd expect him to to play. Is there anybody that you have not been really impressed with, though, so far? Because I have someone in mind. Um, I have not. Well, I don't. I, I had to think about it a little bit. Who, who are you not super impressed with? Miles Bridges has not really impressed me at all. He oh, is, I hate that kid. Oh, my God. Okay. It's um, a lefty. Yeah, another lefty, guys. <laughs> you heard it right here. David hates lefties. Um, no, it's just he hasn't really done much, in my opinion. I mean, I've looked at I've watched a little bit of him play. I haven't really looked at box scores though, but like every time I see him play, it's always I always feel like he's not in the right position at the right time. And it's mostly him just standing in the corner. I mean he did that in Michigan State a lot. I understand it, but I'm just like you're eleventh or yeah, technically eleventh. So or was it twelfth? It was twelfth. Yeah, but, but all right. Trade it for trade with the to the Hornets. But it was just like hmm. I don't know. It just kind of hasn't really shown much. And uh, yet again, the Hornets pick a wing who really doesn't do much. So it's just like... Yeah, the Hornets theme with Michael Jordan seems to be either pick a tall white guy who doesn't really excel at anything right. particularly, or picking just another incredibly average wing player. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Michael kidd Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky has not really done much. Frank Kaminsky, Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully Malik, Malik Monk. Monk. I think Malik hopefully Monk he'll is, be good. I he looked good be in his one game that he played before he broke his wrist. Yeah, I I think he will be better, though, this upcoming season. Yeah. Because the Hornets were really trying to just compete for a playoff spot, and he wasn't quite NBA-ready, so he didn't get a lot of playing time with them. And then towards the end of the season, he really showed some flashes of what he can do. Yeah, he definitely did, so I... I think it's going to be like that, you know, second year, more comfortable. He's going to probably, hopefully, lead a team. His Kemba's probably gone, in my opinion. Yeah, Kemba's either getting traded or he's leaving in free agency. Right. So. Come to the Magic, please. You need a point guard. <laughs> and we already have your old coach, Steve Clifford. Come on. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> hey, $12 million, you can just trade for him, man. <laughs> but. I don't know what you could give up. So I don't think the Magic would give up a lot of assets for an expiring contract. That's true. Low trades, though. We got rid of Bismack Biombo. <laughs> you actually got the Biombo deal. <laughs> yeah, we got we got rid of Bismack Biombo and then two second rounders that we didn't originally own that were from the Cavs. I want to say that we got either in. A completely trade, random trade. It doesn't matter. We traded Channing Fry for Joe Harris in a second rounder. I want to say back yeah. in 2016, and I think we might have got a separate pick from him at another time. And then also the second rounder that we acquired on draft night when we traded um, Jan- Jared Vanderbilt to the Nuggets for the 43rd pick, and then another second rounder, which was the pick that we traded with Biz for Jerry and Grant, who is. Who's really the headliner of that deal? Considering yes. the Magic don't have real point guard, I have no idea if he's good. I, I'll ask Duncan about it a little later. And then, what's supposed to be the most untradeable contract in the NBA, Timothy Mozgov got traded <laughs> for the second time in three weeks and the third time in a year. So I don't think he's that untradeable. <laughs> I mean, he's a good, decent center. <laughs> I mean, huh. 
Um, Watch out for me in 2K with Moscow. Yeah, seriously, my God. Uh, but <laughs> I, again, though, I don't know what the Hornets are really doing. So yeah, I'm not really sure how that helps them or hurts. They them just at got all. Biz back. They're just like, it sure. Seemed like a move just to make a move. Well, th- like it's just they traded Dwight Howard to get under the luxury tax, and then for Timothy Moscow, I'm just like, Dwight Howard, his deal expires. After this upcoming season, why add on two more years to a long contract that's big and unnecessary? And so then you trade it for Biz, who it's like who the has, same contract. Who has almost the exact same contract as Mozgov, but he has a player option for after this season, <laughs> which no he's way. no doubt going to take because <laughs> there's no way he's getting anywhere close to $17 million a year. Right. So <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you know, it's, I'm not, I don't know what the words are like, doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess they. They, they love those second-rounders that are going to be in the low 40s to upper 50s. I guess so. I mean, yeah, just to draft another wing player. Just I don't think any of those second-rounders are coming up soon. They're like 2021-22. All righty, then. <laughs> They're a long time from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're going to ask about Jaron Grant. Yeah, is Jaron Grant any good? Because he's coming from the Bulls, and Duncan's a big Bulls fan, and now he's going to have Magic. I'm clearly a unbiased in quotes magic fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I don't know if you. I don't remember. Like you had. I don't think you saw this game. So the Bulls played the Magic one time, and Jaron Grant was starting. It was when we had D Wade, Jimmy Butler. Okay. You know those guys. I probably. Well, never mind. You keep going. Okay, so Jaron Grant started. He had a double double that game, and it, that's. I'll put it this way, like that's what I thought he could potentially be. He had like seven assists in the first quarter, um, and he ran the offense really well. Jaren Grant's a combo guard. He's not really a point guard, I'd say. I mean, but considering today's NBA game, I don't know how many people at the point guard position are legit point guards. But he can run a team, but I don't I wouldn't say for extended minutes. Okay. Um he's a decent shooter. He's gotten better at shooting as years have gone along. I expect him to have a better shooting year. Uh, he could probably start for you. It's just like the thing is, is that when we started Jaron Grant in that lineup with you know Wade Butler, Gibson, and Lopez, he legit played eight minutes in the first quarter, and then we took him out. He didn't play the rest of the half. Same thing in the third quarter, played eight minutes, and then we took him out again. Great rotations, yeah, Fred Hoiberg. I know. Seriously, I could not stand Fred Hoiberg's rotations with that. Um, so it was. He only he averaged like 16 minutes that year, and then this year he started at point guard because Chris Dunn got hurt and Cameron Payne was out. He didn't really perform too well. I mean, granted, it's because everybody else was not very good. Oh, oh I get it. Granted, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Uh, Chris Dunn came back and took his spot. So he's a I, he's a decent combo guard. Don't expect him to put big numbers. He give you about five assists a game. I wasn't expecting anything crazy. Now, but. here's the thing, though. I will say is that. That my biggest issue with him is sometimes that he doesn't push the ball up the floor. And that was the one thing that Chris Dunn did do. That That's the reason why he was put in the starting lineup is because Jaron Grant is more of slow it down, run the pick and roll, run the play. Chris Dunn, you know, is more just go. Yeah. So you don't really expect many fast breaks with Jaron Grant. Okay. Uh, so he can run a team so, just not very – don't put him out there for 36 minutes. So there's not going to be any lobs from him to Aaron Gordon on the I, fast break. I think he could do that. I'm not – I just – I mean, if it's wide open, yeah, he'll he'll run the fast break. But I'm just saying, like, you know, you get the rebound, and it's like 
if you push it, you could potentially make a shot. He doesn't do that usually. Um, but if it's a wide-open fast break, then, yeah, he can do that. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Okay. So I think you got a decent point guard, but Isaiah Thomas, though, is the one you guys wanted. Yeah, so if you didn't know anything about the whole Isaiah Thomas situation with Orlando, so it started out on, on Twitter where uh, one of our uh, little Orlando Magic internet sleuths, his name's Keanu, and he claims to have all these inside sources with the magic, and he's generally wrong about them. But he was he was right about the Shelvin Mack signing last year, and then about I don't know how I found out, but Vince Carter going to the Kings last year, and he's been right about a few other minor things. So he finds out that Isaiah Thomas is in negotiations with the Magic on a potential contract, and that he just followed the Magic on Twitter. And he only follows teams on Twitter that he's played for, or in this case, that he was in negotiations with. So it was looking like he was actually talking to the Magic. It was confirmed by Woj that and they then, were talking. And then, yeah, and then other, and slowly, like, bigger and bigger name news sources started also reporting this. Like, okay, cool, we might get Isaiah Thomas. And then this Keanu guy is like, all right. They're almost at a deal. It's looking like Isaiah Thomas will be on the magic. And then other news sources that are like verified with a check mark on Twitter are like, okay, it's gonna it, it's looking like it's about to happen. And all of a sudden, just completely dead after Fourth of July on the Isaiah Thomas front. And then it eventually came up that for whatever reason they couldn't come to an agreement. But the height of all this was uh, ESPN Orlando's radio station. Their host, Scott Inez, tweets out, Isaiah Thomas has just signed a contract with the Orlando Magic. So this sends everybody into a frenzy. And then it's found out that one of his sources that he got this from got fooled by a fake uh, Shamstrania account on Twitter about this. (laughs) And so then he had to apologize for it. And then on his radio show 15 minutes later, go off apologizing for it. And he's like, yeah, my source that I thought I could trust is no longer in my sources of (laughs) people I trust (laughs) for information. Oh, boy. And it was just a a big mess on Magic Twitter with him and Scott and Ness. People are just absolutely going off on him. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. So, unfortunately, oh you guys did not get Isaiah Thomas. So, um, wait, unfortunately, we didn't get a competent point guard. <laughs> right. Um, you and I have talked about this many times. There's no better place for Isaiah than Orlando right there now. There really isn't, because there's not a lot of other teams that can offer him a starting position. And of those teams... I don't really feel like there's a better win-win situation for either side as well. Because with Orlando, he'll pro- he would probably be, if not the first option, then the second option on offense behind Aaron Gordon if he weren't the first option. And that would give him a chance to showcase what he can do, assuming that he is healthy again from the hip injury. Because last season, it's been reported that he kind of rushed it back so he could try and play with LeBron and help them go to the finals again. And that ended up not working out for him or the Cavs and... There's the whole fiasco there where Dwayne Wade messed up the team chemistry and everyone got traded. 
Everyone blamed Kevin Love. Yeah, and everyone's <laughs> blaming Kevin Love as usual. And he got, and then I, he got traded to the Lakers, where he was coming off the bench. He said, "I don't want to be a bench player. I want to start." And he has that opportunity in Orlando to do that. And I don't understand why he wouldn't just sign a one-year deal at the full mid-level exception, which is about like eight and a half million dollars, because the Magic aren't in the taxpayer mid-level. Right. And he could set up the other team, his other teammates with the ball, because nobody on the Magic is really good at creating their own offense. And having someone like Isaiah Thomas, who can do that for you, would be good for the team. And I'm kind of just rambling now because I didn't have anything <laughs> scripted to say about this. Well, and like <laughs> we also talked about this the other day. It's like, you know, he's he's a defensive liability, but. You know, the Magic, they have all these guys now with Isaac and Bamba. They can cover up for him defensively. So his defensive weakness is not going to really show. Yeah. So and you add that on with other guys like Terrence Ross, who's historically a better defender and was having the better defensive season of his career before he got injured and was out for the majority of the season. Right. A guy like Wesley Wundu, who's good at defense. Melvin Frazier, who's supposed to be good at defense. And Jonathan I Simmons. expect to get playing. Yes, Jonathan Simmons, too. Should get is good at defense. I always forget about him for some reason. <laughs> like outside of what would potentially be Isaiah Thomas and Evan Forney, and I guess Vooch, but I don't really see him as part of their future plans. There's not really a whole lot of defensive liabilities on the team. Right. So there's no reason that they couldn't cover it up. So the only thing I could possibly think for why the Magic didn't sign him is because his wingspan isn't seven feet. Or because his hip is really that bad and that the Magic don't want to sign a guy to play 30, tw- or 30, 35 games for them right. and waste money on someone like that. I mean, I feel like it's more those, like, I think it's more Isaiah that backed out saying, like, you know, I'm not going to take $8 million, I want a longer contract. Cause, yeah, you bring know, out the Brinks truck. Right. But <laughs> yeah. no, it's just, I feel like he wanted, like, a longer deal because, you know, who knows? He might get injured again. And he didn't want to have to go through this entire process again. So he, I think he won a longer deal. If you're the Magic, you don't want to do that because you don't want to ruin your cap space at all. And yeah. you don't want to have a, just a log jam at point guards either. If, if, and you don't want him to be like, I want to start. No, we got a better point guard. You're coming off the bench. That type of deal. So I think this is more of a mistake on Isaiah more than the Magic here because, I mean, if you're Isaiah, like you have to resurrect your career here. Like This is like... All right, I could show everybody I could still play at that level at the starting position because you're probably not going to get a starting position anywhere else. Yeah. So I think it's more on Isaiah, and he's probably going to come back to haunt him. But, you know, it's his choice. I'm not yeah. him. And if it worked out well, we'd, we'd love you forever in Orlando. We'd build a, a life-size statue of you outside the Amway Center, all five nine of you. We might even tack on a few inches just to make you seem all that much greater. <laughs> Um, before we move on, we haven't talked about Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, their contracts, have we? Yeah, each one of them has won a slam dunk contest. Okay. Um, so Zach Levine. Zach he's Levine's won, won two. No, he hasn't. He's won one. He's won two. Aaron Gordon is the people's champion, and that's what matters. No, not everybody said Aaron Gordon won The majority that. of people say Aaron no, Gordon won. No, not majority either. Yes, they do. No, they do not. I'm not going to get into this on this one. Anyway, <laughs> so Zach Levine with the uh, 
four-year, seventy-eight to eighty million dollar contract. All right, seventy-eight million guys. <laughs> enough of this nonsense. It's eighty. Um, I don't know who reported eighty. I don't think it was Woj. I think it was Shams actually that reported eighty, and it's not correct. So it's been confirmed, seventy-eight hey. million dollars. Okay, he's young. He's he can make mistakes. Okay, okay he's, he's from Chicago, so it's like it's kind of a big issue. He's right? only twenty-four. <laughs> He's from Chicago. He didn't get. He didn't get a full signing correct. Yeah, um, but the, he started out with the Bucks. Okay. Anyway, anyway so anyway. it's four years, seventy-eight million dollars. Um, I just looked it up, and Casey Johnson just confirmed it uh, with the Chicago Tribune. It is flat, so it's nineteen and a half million per year, um, which is good. So he doesn't get more money each year, and also, yes, he does have that little injury clause in it. Which, thank God the Kings put that in because the Bulls would not have thought about that and we would have been screwed. So, the injury clause, if he, get, if he injures his knee again in any sort of way, basically then the Bulls don't have to pay his salary um, or as much. He, they still have to pay him not as much as money. So, thank God we did that. <laughs> it's like it, and also doesn't hair a cap as much. So, thank God the Kings put that in. They just saved our butts. Um, and I'm happy he's back, and I feel more comfortable knowing the injury clause is in there. Um, and it's not it's not over 20 million, so I'm happy with that. And hopefully, and I've seen him working, so hopefully he can turn into uh, an all star at some point, scoring wise. So it'll be good to see if he can turn into that scoring uh, number one scoring option for us, or probably number two if marketing continues. Now you're. Magic got oh, Aaron does Gordon. Does Zach Levine actually want to be on the Bulls? Yeah, so apparently... Because I saw a lot of, like, he doesn't really want to be there. Okay, so he he said that because he really didn't understand restricted free agency, and he admitted that, really. It's like... His, Zach Levine didn't understand restricted free agency? Players don't really understand restricted free agency. Cause, you How? Know, Clint it's Ca- so simple. Look at Clint Capella right now, though, because Clint Capella is like... He's upset with the Rockets right now because he he's not getting he's not getting what he wants and the Rockets like well if you go get that fine we'll pay you but we don't think you're worth that much so he's upset right now with the Rockets so the same thing with Levine he's like the Bulls and the Bulls offered him 18 million a year so I don't really understand it but he's like I want more money why aren't you guys giving it to me and they're like well if you can if you can go get that we'll match it but right now we think you're worth this much so he he's like well all right I'll go get it. Sacramento gave it to him. He's like, well, it looks like Sacramento wants more than the Bulls because the Bulls said go get it. Well, the Bulls matched it. So then he's like, then I think he finally understood, like, all right, yeah, they actually want me here. It's just, you know, they didn't think I was worth that much at that point. So they because the Bulls, the Bulls terminology is like let the market set the, set the yeah. price. So, and I agree with that. So it was like, I, I don't think he really understood it. Marcus Smart, right now with the Celtics, he like, I don't think he understands it either. I don't think he was ever worth like $15 million. Oh, he's not, he but wants. he thinks he is. So it's like they don't understand restricted free agency. Like the team is going to let you guys set their own market. So. I just don't understand what's so hard to understand about that. It's I don't, one of the easiest things in sports. I know, but they're players. They're, there's a reason why they have agents. I understand like every player in the NBA thinks that they're worth more than they really are, but I mean. You have to understand that's also a business, and teams well, don't want to just shell out money to everybody. I, I'm not saying like they don't understand it at all. I'm just saying they don't understand that why they're not getting the money yeah. that they want from the team. They're they're like, why do I have to go get it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me I, as a fan. I didn't, I didn't make sense either. But I'm just like, I I hear that, and it's like, 
I'm also seeing tweets from like Nick Friedel and Vincent Goodwill who cover the Bulls and they're like it doesn't look like Zach Levine understands restricted free agency right now and it's like well I get it yeah so so I don't Aaron Gordon yeah, you want to talk so, about him yeah I like Aaron Gordon it was very cool seeing him on the big screen and Uncle Drew we'll uh get to that later in the podcast but he just signed a new I guess not really an extension but a new contract like Levine did mm-hmm. but with the magic for four years 80 million dollars so what Aaron Gordon originally wanted was a max contract with the magic Oof. which would have been in the like four year 130 40 50 million dollar range like Devin Booker just signed with the Suns. I don't think Devin Booker's worth that much. Oh, I don't think but so either. Aaron Gordon is certain. Although Aaron Gordon has been great, he showed it last season, he's certainly not worth anywhere near that much money. Right. And so the Magic were patient. They let other teams spend money before they could spend it on Aaron Gordon. Right. And pretty much let the market dictate how much they're going to have to pay Aaron Gordon. And someone's calling me. I should have put my phone on vibrate. It's uh, a Cocoa Beach phone number. So they should just shut up because I'm trying to record a podcast. That was very unprofessional. But anyway, (laughs) so talking about the contract. Um, So what Aaron Gordon ended up getting rather than that max contract was the four years, 80 million, which is like almost half that, which is great for the Magic's perspective. And what makes it even better is that it doesn't increase. It's not a flat rate like Levine's contract, but it actually goes down in value every year. Yeah. It, the first year, it's uh, $21 million, Second, 19 Third, 18 And then the fourth year, $16 million. So that Get really frees up a lot of, or potentially frees up a lot of cap space for upcoming seasons when hopefully hopefully this year we can at least compete for a playoff spot and maybe catch a big free agent and they sign with us. But then in 2020, Mozgov's contract will come off the books and Fournier's contract will come off the books along with other players, which will free up $60 million in cap space, right. which is enough for two max free agents. So hopefully in two years the Magic are good enough to attract a superstar and then by attracting one you bring in the other right that year and then you have a pretty competitive team in orlando surrounding gordon isaac and bamba assuming that they all pan out Mm -hmm. so i'd say the future is looking pretty bright in orlando which is something that you haven't really been able to say legitimately the past two or three seasons Mm -hmm. so Although I'm, I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up about making the playoffs this season. I'm expecting yeah. us to tank for, like, R.J. Barrett or something like that. Yeah, I'm not or expecting Cam Reddish. The, don't expect the Bulls to be Someone like that. <laughs> up there but either. I wouldn't be upset if we were competing for a playoff spot but ended up being, like, the 10th or 11th seed and got... If it's close, you know. Yeah, and, you know, got something like the 12th pick in the draft. Right. Uh, It'd just be nice to be competitive. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cap space, though, I just want to point out one more thing. Even though we signed Levine to that contract, Bulls still have $48 million in cap space next offseason. So 2019 offseason, Bulls have $48 million. 
We traded Jaron Grant, so that opened up, I think, in our $2 million, so that's like around $50 million. And we just waived Sean Kilpatrick today. So that, and he was signed to a three-year deal, so we just got more money. Why'd you waive him? Uh, it was it was non guaranteed deal. So it seems weird to sign a guy to a three year deal. I think we're actually I think we're signing Antonio Blakeney to an actual NBA deal. Ooh. So I think that's the reason why we had to clear up a it's roster a, spot. He's a very good player in two K. Yeah. So I if don't worry, Bulls fans, we have plenty of space for a free agent to come next offseason, which I don't think will happen, but no Bulls always strike out on free agents. Yeah, unfortunately. So uh, but LeBron. then we still for 2020 we get more cap space, so it'll be we're good. So don't worry about the whole Levine contract taking up so much space. We're perfectly fine right now. Yeah, I'm not really. Sh- I don't think you guys are gonna sign that free agent. I don't. I don't think so either. In 2019, maybe 2020 if like marketing and Levine become all stars. But who knows about that? Yeah, because I mean, struck out on Melo, got Pau Gasol. Struck out on LeBron, got Carlos Boozer. And D-Wade. <laughs> yeah, and D-Wade. Well, you got D-Wade that year, but again, it wasn't that... Wasn't Only no, got it wasn't D-Wade a lot later than you wanted yeah. to. <laughs> and then in 2000, Tim Duncan. I know what you're saying, but David, your magic struck out on Tim Duncan because Doc Rivers wouldn't let his fiance come on the team playing with him. I don't care. Because if he signed with the team we would have at least one championship by now. And I don't care about championships. All I care about is wingspan. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why my nickname is Jeff Waltman and John Hammond. Anyway, so uh, I think it's time that we talk about the not late but great Uncle Drew, a.k.a. Kyrie Irving, in his film debut. Do you have any thoughts or concerns, Duncan? Thoughts and concerns. Um, I enjoy the movie. Um, yeah, that's it was actually pretty good. The IMDb reviews and Rotten Tomato stuff didn't exactly put it in a favorable light. Right. But when we saw it, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I know I laughed out loud at multiple points in yeah. the movie <laughs> and I find a lot of stuff funny, but I don't generally laugh at movies and TV shows for whatever reason. So generally something makes me laugh. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but you know, you and I discussed this. You have to know your basketball to watch this movie don't just go into the movie and be like i don't know anything about basketball but i'm just gonna watch it anyway because then you're gonna be bored and you're not time. gonna always understand exactly what's going on right um so if you don't understand basketball don't go watch that movie yeah. and please do not hurt the ratings like it's a good movie for basketball fans just don't yeah. hurt the ratings for all yeah, of us for, for people who don't have a lot of acting experience like kyrie irving and reggie miller and chris weber and Nate Robinson as well. He doesn't have a whole bunch of acting experience as far as I know. Yeah. They weren't that bad. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were pretty believable characters. Yeah. Shaq was just great. Sha- Shaq has a history. Yeah, he's not he, the greatest he, actor. He was just great, he was, he was funny throughout <laughs> his uh, portions in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, if you look at the rating, it's PG-13. One of the things in there is brief nudie, nudity. Well, uh, spoiler alert. If you thought Shaq's toes were bad and his feet, <laughs> you get to see Shaq's butt yeah. at one point in the movie. And then once during the credits as well where they show some bloopers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is something that I did not need to see. Yeah, none of us needed to see that, but it was just a funny moment. I mean, it looks like an average butt, but yeah, <laughs> you don't really need to see that end of Shaq. Right. 
Yeah. So, it was just there because it was funny. But yeah. it was, yeah. Um, the storyline, though, I will say it was actually a pretty good storyline. Because... Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't like some sort of just like really random storyline. It's like doesn't really make yeah, sense. Yeah, it was. It was a coherent plot. Yeah, yeah. It was a followable story where you're like, like, wait, what just happened? Or wait, who am I supposed to be paying attention to? Or wait, wait, what? How did how did we get here? Yeah, like how did we get here? <laughs> so it, it it was you could follow it very well. Yeah. And, um, what I also like though is like. Because they were NBA players, but you know, it was cool to see like they actually ran some like actual plays. Yeah, uh, like Reggie Miller coming off the floppy screens. It was like it was like, legit. Yeah, and Chris Webber hitting the mid range shots yeah, as did. he always did. Yeah, like sports <laughs> movies, especially basketball, don't always do the best job of making games that they play look like an actual game. Yeah, but Uncle Drew did an amazing job of actually bringing in people who play basketball. I assume and having them play an actual game or at least what looked like an actual game right with the filming stuff put in there as well yeah <laughs> i mean it was good it was it was very good also uh when i was going through the credits it said uh aaron gordon's body double was jamario moon which is a name i have not heard in forever <laughs> right uh he was in i don't remember which year Late 2000s, early 2010s, he was in a dunk contest there with the Cavs or the Raptors, and I thought he was pretty impressive, but he's another one of those guys that's kind of like a Derek Jones Jr., who's or like James White, who's only known for dunk. doing dunks <laughs> and doesn't really have any other discernible skills as an NBA player. Right. So, but yeah. That was pretty cool to see his name again, because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, in the last couple of days, I randomly thought of his name. And I was like, oh, cool. There's Jamario Moon. Actually, spe- speaking of randomly thinking of players' names, uh, about a week ago, uh, Tyler Honeycutt, who played a few games for the Kings and was with the Houston Rockets D-League team and has played overseas the last few years, uh, he, uh, he, he, got, he, got, he done got killed. But um, for whatever reason, a few days before that, I just randomly thought of his name. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember him. And that was about it. And it's happened with a few other players recently where I've thought about them, and then the next day I just see their name randomly somewhere else. Oh, boy, David's a psychic. <laughs> does that happen to you, Duncan? It does not. <laughs> so think about random player name like right now. Lonzo Ball. <laughs> okay, someone that's like irrelevant right now. <laughs> Darrell Arthur. Ooh, okay, there we go. That's the most irrelevant player I can come up with. Last time I heard about him was when we traded... Uh, the 15th to 28th pick for Doug McDermott and, and Darrell Arthur, and then we just waved Darrell Arthur. <laughs> but he's with the Nuggets again. Was he? Was he with the Nuggets again? Yeah, he's with the Nuggets. Oh, okay. Are you sure it was for Darrell? I'm pretty sure it was Darrell Arthur. <laughs> All right, well, you go talk about Darrell Arthur. I'll do some sleuthing on okay, I don't whether know. Darrell Arthur was actually in that trade or not. I'm pretty sure he was in that trade. Don't don't count me on that, though. Um, we're gonna We're going to look this up because it sounds to me like... Uh, Duncan might be wrong about something, but he may be right. And I may be crazy. Shout out to Billy Joel. We're on basketballreference.com. We're scrolling down transactions. Um, yeah, Duncan. There's nothing about him being traded to the Bulls and being waived by them here. Okay, then. Says he was traded by the Grizzlies with what eventually became Joffrey Laverne to the Nuggets for Costa Kufis. Um, care to explain yourself, Duncan? I'm looking it up one sec. 
looking it up is basketballreference.com. It doesn't get any more reliable than oh, that. Hold on. Then who who got who else got traded? Not Darrell Arthur. Wait, right, hold on. Stop. <laughs> Apparently he's a uh, he's on a uh, what's it called a multi year contract with the Denver Nuggets. He's getting paid uh, seven million dollars a year oh, next year. Oh, okay. Forgive me, guys. Yeah. All right. Do you know who it was? No. Anthony Randolph, that's who it was. That's who, because he got traded to the Magic, I think, that same offseason and got waived immediately. Mm. Okay, well, there we go. That's and now, he, uh, now he's got okay, a Okay, you guys, okay, two irrelevant players, you, you guys can understand. They, yeah, but at least Darrell Arthur plays in the NBA. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, fine. I think Randolph was a lottery pick, I'm pretty sure. Was he? I don't remember. But he was a beast in 2K13 as well. He'd always end up being a really good player, mm-hmm. like Defensive Player of the Year candidate, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of him, though, he's uh, currently has Slovenian citizenship and won a gold medal with Goran Dragic and Luka Doncic last year at EuroCup. Mm. So that's interesting. Yeah. So at this point, um, I don't, I don't we're kind of just rambling. I just want to talk about one more thing, though. Oh, the one Kawhi one. Leonard situation. What's going on now? Nothing. <laughs> that's the whole entire point of oh. this. I don't understand because we executives you know espn's reporting yeah executives are saying yeah expect to be traded like a week it's been how long now i don't know two months nothing has happened your thoughts um well my the thing that i saw earlier today was that the vegas uh, betting odds on where Kawhi will be traded had the raptors as the highest favored team to actually get him so I don't think Vegas has any insider information on what the Spurs are talking about, but it is quite the interesting development, potentially. Well, if you're the Raptors, I don't understand it at all. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know what you'd give up because I don't see them giving up Lowry or DeRozan. I mean, they probably give OG Anunoby, maybe some first round picks, and that's it. Yeah. But that the Spurs are not gonna accept that. Yeah, and like there wouldn't be any point in trading one of. Lowry or DeRozan in that because you're pretty much in the same exact position you were by trading one of them right. for Kawhi. Right. So that doesn't exactly make sense. But around the draft, the Magic were the highest favorite team to get Kawhi Leonard. Okay. The- so <laughs> it clearly means nothing. All right. I, I'm just shocked that, like, it's not that, you know, no trade has happened. Nothing has happened. Like, there's been no... There's been no reports at all of what's happening. Like, the latest report we got was a while back, and that's just him saying that, you know, he'd probably rather play with the Clippers instead of go to the Lakers and play second field to LeBron. I was about that, uh, his, like, uncle and his little group that he has hiding him from the Spurs know, in New like, York. Like, I feel like, that? I feel like there's just reports of that just to fill in the time of nothing happening. Well, well duh. But it's just, that, that drives me insane, though. I'm like, so is it is there something actually going on here, or is this all just blabbing from his group, them saying he wants to be in L.A., but it, Kawhi's just like, I don't want to actually be in L.A. I actually want to be with the Spurs. Ooh. I'm just like I'm just shocked cause that nothing has happened and there's been no reports of them talking at all and there's the Lakers have done nothing, so yeah. I mean, granted, I understand why the Lakers are not doing anything, but there's no guarantee that you get him. You just saw what happened with Paul George. He yeah, because you didn't trade for, like for him. Two years, it was pretty much guaranteed that he would go to the Lakers right. and end up staying 
with so, the Thunder in OKC. Which, if you don't follow me on Twitter, Hyperwars14, like, I was tweeting a lot that night when Paul George resounded the Thunder, or saying he resounded Thunder, like, if you're the Lakers, you got to make the move now. Because now you have all the leverage on the Spurs. Now you have all the assets. You have all the room. Also, if you trade for him, you get his bird rights, too. You need to go trade for Kawhi Leonard right now. Yeah. And make sure that you actually get him instead of, you know, betting on yourself. Stop calling me. Instead of uh, betting. I got a call from Grand Rapids now. <laughs> instead of betting on yourself, be like, oh, no, don't worry, we'll get him. But then he does what Paul George does, just stays where he is, you know? Yeah, I know. So I feel like if you're Lakers, yes, you could wait it out because he wants to be there, but he could just go right to the Clippers. That's also in L.A. I mean, he wants to, he doesn't want to be number two. He wants to be number one. And if you with the Clippers, you're number one. And if you go to the Lakers, you're number two. So you don't want to. I don't think he wants to be that second option to next no. to LeBron. So I think if you're the Lakers, you gotta go get him right now because you have a good amount of leverage still. I think you lost some leverage recently. Do a three-team trade with the Magic. Orlando goes to Orlando. We need a point guard. <laughs> Do you really want to deal with Levar? We need a point guard. <laughs> I'm desperate. <laughs> Seriously, though, man, I would not. I wouldn't take Lavar just to get lots. No, I'm not. I'm not taking on Lavar. If anything, you want Patty Mills out of that whole entire deal. I almost said Patrick Beverly, but everybody's on the Clippers, not the Lakers. <laughs> but speaking of the Spurs, though, do you think Pop retires after this season if Kawhi's um, gone? No, I think he retires um, after 2020. I think that's when he's officially done. Because he's going to be coaching USA Basketball that year. So once he's done coaching with that, then he'll be done. It's just Tony Parker's already left. Tim Duncan's gone. I yeah, understand. I think Ginobili's going to come back for another Gino- year. Ginobili's probably... I think this is probably Ginobili's last season. Yeah, I'm not saying he's coming back again. I'm just There's saying... There's no I think- way he plays in the 2019-20 season. Right. But I and mean I'm pretty sure he promised Aldridge that he would stay throughout at least the first contract that he signed with them. He recently signed an extension with them at the start of last season that just right. happened. So I don't know if he wants to stay for that as well, which I, ends in 2021. Yeah, there, there's no way Ginobili plays that long. No, not Ginobili, Pop. Oh, Pop. Oh. Yeah, Pop. I don't know if he stays that long. I don't think so. I so. just... Like I would first think off, Tony Parker may- go to the Hornets. I don't. I am, that's absolutely ridiculous. It makes it make no sense. sense at all. So I don't care that James Bray goes to head coach now, and he was an assistant with the Spurs the last few years. Right. It does not make any sense. Yeah. If you're if you're Parker, just stay with the Spurs. I just I don't care if it's two years, ten million just more than he's gonna get with the Spurs. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's completely wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, but um, with. Pop, my guess if he were to retire, that it would be after this season and he'd just take a year off to kind of de-stress from all the basketball stuff. And then he's also very outspoken about political issues and just take a break from that as well and then just come back and coach the USA team and then okay. just be kind of done. I see what you're saying. I mean, he's also the president of basketball operations there, so... He I could, might still keep a role I, with I, the Spurs, but I'd I don't say think he's he'd s- coach. 
I'm not saying coach. I'm just saying he could have a front office role easily yeah. with the Spurs, and he could just stay basketball operations and just yeah. you know, get a new coach. I mean, they have plenty of coaches. Yeah, they have anyway. plenty of assistant coaches <laughs> who could be fine head coaches somewhere else. I mean, yeah. It. Um, speaking of the Spurs, Lonnie Walker is looking good in the summer league. Yes, but, he is. Um, a pineapple. I, maybe it is. If Kawhi Leonard does leave, maybe he does one more season because maybe you just really need to start all over with yeah. the Spurs. And do you trade Aldridge then if Kawhi leaves? Because I say you do, but maybe you don't. Like, they're the Spurs. They always, like, go off with the veteran experience. It's just weird because the last 20-something years, they've made the playoffs. Right. And, and even before then, they haven't, other than when David Robinson got hurt and their leading scorer was, like, a old D- Dominique Wilkins, other than that season where they ended up tanking and got Tim Duncan... They haven't really ever been like a bad team. And we just they've saw always them. been at least half decent. No, we just saw them with Liner only playing nine games, they made the playoffs. Yeah, like so. the last time that the Spurs missed the playoffs, Michael Jordan was in the finals. <laughs> right. So I don't. Maybe you just keep Aldridge. You just be like because whatever you draft you're gonna get a good player because yeah. you're the spurs <laughs> whoever you draft you're gonna it's gonna be a good player so you just got lonnie walker who could be your next guy for the future and if you just stay relevant who knows man maybe you could get i don't i mean i doubt you get someone from free agency no because the spurs other because, than aldridge they haven't ever signed a big free agent right so i don't know man i think you gotta if you're going to trade Kawhi, which you need to, you have to get rid of Pau Gasol and his horrible contract that he got and get draft picks back, you know, just get some of your veterans off to have, they're making a ton of money and then just build through the draft again, I guess. I mean, I don't really see him tanking. It's, yeah. it's just, they're Spurs. Like they can get whoever they want and Spurs can do no wrong. If <laughs> <laughs> they get multiple draft picks, you know, and you know, for a year, it's like they could get two good young players, and they're good. You know, and I've seen a lot of people like, "Yay, finally the Spurs are like bad." I'm like, why, why do you like? Why do you? I didn't know people didn't like the Spurs. I've always liked the Spurs. <laughs> like, I could understand if you're a fan of the other two Texas teams, or Houston if you're a, specifically. <laughs> yeah, especially Houston, or if you're a fan of the Suns. But other than that, I really don't see. <laughs> why anyone would have a reason to dislike the Spurs. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess they're a boring team to watch I sometimes. Really, I really don't think they're boring. I think I love it that they move the ball so well. That yeah. It's not isolation all the time. And even when Leonard was on the team, it wasn't isolation. Yeah. I mean, it's not always the most entertaining team to watch. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying it's like, it's... They, they I feel play like as a team. Yeah. I feel like I'm the only one who enjoys watching the Warriors blow out teams. I can't. Just do I it can't so stand blowouts. And other than the finals, I don't. I didn't exactly enjoy that the most. But it it is fun to watch this Warriors go on their third quarter to run and then turn off the game. But <laughs> you don't. You don't even get to enjoy the full game. That, that's my point. It's but like, I'm not really a Warriors fan. I don't really care. I'm not a Warriors fan. Man. I, I'm just so pissed off. But anyway. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the Spurs. But uh, do you have any uh, any closing thoughts? Because I don't have anything else I'd like to talk about on here. Um, Not really. I mean, you did talk about the Suns, though. And 
we may do this. We may bring in somebody else at some point because if you guys don't know, I have a Steve Nash rant that you might want to hear oh, about. Yes. A, um, uh, a if, debate. This is the first time David's seeing this, but I have made a oh whole thing about this. So this thing's six pages. Yeah. So oh we're with screenshots. We're not going to say who. We may bring in somebody else who's a major Steve Nash fan. His name starts so, with a J. All right. So uh, ends with an. Uh, okay. Enough. <laughs> so we may bring him in, and um, we, I may argue with him, uh, but don't ex- don't. We're not saying it's 100% sure that we'll do it, but we'll, we may do it. Just give you a little preview, possibly. Maybe um, in the next few episodes. Who knows? Yeah. Um, also, I will be on out of town next week. No. So if we do record an episode, it's going to be over phone. I'm going to be calling Dave, and Dave's going to have to put on speaker. And so it's not going to sound as good, but we'll make do. And because this computer is about to die, we should yeah, probably four, sign off. We record this on my laptop. I'm at 4% right now. So uh, I think that probably concludes it for today's episode of the underscore NBA News Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore ND News, on Twitter at the underscore ND News Pod. You can find us on podcast.com or on iTunes in the Google Play Store. Mm-hmm. Leave us a good review. And you can follow our very own personal accounts on Twitter. Me, at David of Burnour. And yeah. Duncan, at Hyperhorse14. That's our podcast. And I think that you should try and have a good day. I'm not going to act like I should tell you what to do. Don't take your orders from a voice you've never met in person but have a good day try your best and just be a good person that's all i have to say have a good day bye bye